0: Hi, my name is Amy Mann. And I feel apprehensive about being Conan O'Brien's friend.
1: I think that's fair. I'm a lot to take on.
2: Fall is here, hear the yell, back to school, ring the bell, brand new shoes, walking blues, climb the fence, books and pens, I can tell that we
0: are gonna be friends. Until
1: ever, we are gonna be friends Hello there and welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Got a terrific episode today, very happy about it. And of course, joined as always by a wonderful combo hmm. of Sonam Sessian hmm. hey. and Matt well, Gorley.
3: It's nice. Oh, thanks, boss.
1: Guys, I've been wondering lately, tell me if I'm wrong, but I listen to The Daily a lot, you know, The New York Times <laughs> um, with Michael Barbaro. And there are mm. times, you know about this, Matt, but it's a suspicion. I'm a big fan of The Daily, and I, I it's like a regular part of my day. And there are times where I swear to God, I listen to it, and I think that it's possible that uh, they get someone talking for a while, and then afterwards in audio, they just have Michael Barbaro go, mm-hmm, uh-huh. Huh. And, uh, they
2: have a bank. They, they have sound a bank, bank and it's occurred to me, and, and then-
1: Basically, he re- they have him recap. So what happens is they get the person talking for a while and he basically says, there was this, uh, apparently this woman named Goldilocks who went in and uh, there were uh, three bowls of porridge. And uh, there was one that was too hot uh, and there was one that was too cold, but then there was one that was uh, just right. So what you're saying is that uh, this young girl, Goldilocks went into, uh, she went into uh, a house, a house that she had not been in before, and there were three bowls of, uh, of porridge, uh, one too hot, one too cold, and and one just right. And which one did she choose? Well, good question. She chose the one that was just right. Ah, mm-hmm. yeah. Then she went into the next room and there was a bed. There were three beds. One was too firm, one was too soft, and one was just right. So what you're saying is that then she went to another room and there were three beds. One was too hard, one was too soft, and one was just right. Did she choose one of those beds? She did, very good question. And it was the one that was just right. At any point, let me ask, did the bears come home? They did, they actually did come home. And that's what I was gonna get to next. (laughs) The three bears came home and they found Goldilocks asleep in the bed. So what you're saying is that Goldilocks fell asleep in the bed and the three bears came in and they encountered Goldilocks, what happened then? Excellent question. Uh, they, uh, They awoke Goldilocks, she was surprised and she ran out the door and she was never heard from again. Incredible. Okay, here's what else you need to know today. (laughs) <laughs> in Canada, a large vat of syrup exploded, flooding Oregon. We go now. I, I believe that's the general thing and I'm feeling like I could, I swear to God, I don't need to be par, I don't need to be here with the guests anymore. As much as I love it, I, I, I feel like I could be, you could let them just babble and then um, mm. send me little prompt questions and I can finally live out my dream of living in a little one of those little ice fishing shacks. You know, where they cut a hole in the ice. (laughs) And I I live there all alone and I grow just a crazy beard.
3: Do you know how to fish? No,
1: and I don't even like fishing and I don't like the cold. But it's it's an image that I like, and that's what I'm gonna do. And then every now and then I'm gonna get on the phone and Matt's gonna say, all right, all you have to do is ask these three questions about Goldilocks and you're (laughs) off the hook. So what you're saying is that this bear, this blue bear, which is uh, quite unusual, started out in Canada and then came down to Oregon. Uh, what does this mean? And then the person goes on and says, "And the hammerhead sharks attacked the supermodels." Is that what you're saying?
3: Are you talking like Michael Barbaro now yeah, too? You seem I mean, to I'm, I, I'm channeling. I'm channeling him a little bit. You know, he has that way. Here's yeah. what
1: you need to know today. And then he goes, "Here's yeah. what you need to know today."
2: But he puts in eight seconds. Yes. Then, yeah. To
1: no, I've actually, I have, I have a game where when Michael Barbaro does the uh, introduction. I try to see if I can make a tuna melt (laughs) during the gap. So he goes, I'm a co daily. And here's, and I try, I quickly run and I get rye bread, I put it in the toaster. And you know, I won't take you through the whole thing. But I've made most of a sandwich and sometimes I've made the whole sandwich and eaten half of it before he says, you know (laughs) today, what you need to know today.
3: That's good.
1: You could probably make up, Matt, a bunch of things, audio cues, that you play almost like uh, on a keyboard. And Mm -hmm. we could do a podcast where I'm just reacting, and I know you, I know you, you're gonna sometimes screw me over because someone's gonna say, yeah, it was really tough because that was the year I lost my father. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
3: I think think you should record a bunch of stuff you say often. Yeah, when I was at Saturday Night Live or, well, I'm like Picasso and you know, you don't tell Michelangelo how to paint. Look at this body, yeah. Look at this body or yeah. When I say look at this
1: body, it's usually with fear and sadness. (laughs) It's a threat. Uh, Yeah, Yeah. it's more like if you don't behave, I'm gonna take off my shirt and then you're really gonna see (laughs) what 80 year old spam looks like if it's fresh out of the can. My
2: father just passed away, look at this body. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> I guess what I'm trying to say is that listening to The Daily gave me this idea that we could probably, yeah, I could spend a day, one full day giving you every single Conanism and every single human reaction. And then God forbid something ever happens to me, this podcast goes on in perpetuity. You sit there at a synthesizer and you just uh-huh. play, or not even something happens to me, I just become, Incredibly lazy and, yeah. and, mm-hmm. and a hermit. So you just sit there, Matt, and they're like, "We need have another episode." You know who's on? Uh, who's on this time? Well, it's Marissa Tomei. Okay, get Marissa Tomei in a room and have her tell five stories, and you're just sitting there and you're playing like, mm-hmm. "Oh, I see." Yeah. Oh, ha, ha, ha. Mm, wow, that's rough. Murderer. Corn <laughs> yeah. corn cob soup. I'm Picasso. Uh Look at my body. I used to work on Saturday Night Live.
2: Kakaroo. <laughs> cock-a-roo. I could do that yeah. now. I could just take those sound bites from previous podcasts.
1: Uh you could, but Thank I want you. it I want it to be a whole day in the studio. Oh, okay. I want it to spend cost a lot of money. I want to have uh, I want it directed by a famous director. Oh um, really? Yeah. Ooh. What are you thinking? Uh, I don't know, your Camerons. Kirk Cameron? Yeah, Kirk Cameron. Okay. Uh, I want him to direct it. <laughs> and also be my religious uh, director. No, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying, but- um, I think we could work that up.
3: I think we can make a whole podcast with you just never saying anything. Yeah. And I think that that's a goal we should strive for.
1: Anyway, think about this. Okay. Just, uh and and then we could, I think start cranking out hundreds of episodes a week. That's another bonus.
2: I can't, but then I have to edit all that and put that all together.
1: What are you doing? Picking out a, whatever new weird tchotchke to have in the background of your Zoom shot. Okay, sup with camel. No one has a bigger collection of straw hats from the turn of the century than uh, than Matthew Gorley. Mike, who's Mike? He's the guy I'm gonna replace you with. He's really great. I keep. We have one more meeting with him, Sax and I, and then he's on board, he's fantastic. Uh,
2: I wish him well.
1: Yeah, Mike Galaginski, fantastic guy, all right.
2: Galaginski. Yeah,
1: he's wonderful. Anyway, we'll hit you with that next week. All right, my guest today is a Grammy, a award-winning singer-songwriter who has released more than a dozen albums over the last four decades. Her latest album, Queens of the Summer Hotel, is available now. I am thrilled. She is with us today, Amy Mann.
0: There's a lot of factors to you. I mean, not with <laughs> just the leaving out. What do you mean?
1: There's a lot of factors.
0: Leaving to out you? the fact that you just said that you long to do an interview where you really tear somebody apart, where you yes. really we did that.
1: Their... We did that off mic, and I said I. I would like to, my fantasy is to really go after someone who people like. And I think of you as someone who is very much liked. So I was thinking, wouldn't it be funny if I just had all these facts and figures at my disposal and it was like a 60 minutes takedown of Amy Mann (laughs) and people listening were like, what what was that all about?
0: But I contend that I'm not universally liked enough for that to have that kind of impact. Although I do applaud the the impulse, but I mean, I think you're talking about a Tom Hanks, right? Like that's you got to go right to the top. Well, I actually have real nice dirt. People. I have
1: real dirt on Tom Hanks, <laughs> um, which I can't get into. <laughs> he didn't pay his taxes from 1997 to 2006. I know that for that's a fact.
0: A, that's a long stretch.
1: Yeah, and um, and he's a big MAGA guy. <laughs> 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 he also uh, he refuses uh, to uh, recycle. He hates that. dogs.
3: I know he that. He hates for a dogs.
1: Fact. Despises dogs. Um, I think of us as friendly because I've known you a long time You would always, came on the the late night show And shows that followed that many times You were always really nice to me And I'm a big admirer of yours And then I got to know you and I think Michael pretty well You'd come over to my house Mm -hmm. Uh, I have the occasional shindig, can we call it?
0: Yeah. Blow, blow out Blowout?
1: Blowout. <laughs> I call it a rave.
0: A real blowout.
1: Occasionally I have- We're a r-
0: very blowout people. Yeah.
1: And you're always like, woo, <laughs> woo. And you bring glow sticks. <laughs> this is a whole side of Amy, man, the that cat, no one knows. cat in the
0: hat hat. <laughs> you have a <laughs> giant cat in the hat hat. <laughs>
1: You've always done a lot of Molly. You're always- f- I'm always rolling. You're always rolling. rolling. And um, you stay till like six in the morning and then make a whole bunch of waffles nobody wants. <laughs> You're a mess. Well, those uh, waffles sound good. Though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that kind, of, that last part sounds kind of like now I want to have me at, that, at my party.
1: Well, I am. Um, there's a lot to talk about here because, uh, like many comedians, I'm fascinated by music. The grass is always greener.
0: I'm close to that, although I know enough to know. Listen, I don't want to go on the road and stay in one of those weird comedy club condos. Like, I know enough about it to know right. that it's probably grim. Right. Also, I get to travel with people. Right. I can't imagine that it's very fun to be a comic on the road alone.
1: Yeah, that seems crazy and- um,
0: And depressing.
1: Yeah, and depressing. But I, I think it's fun when you're young.
0: Yeah, if you're a male and you really like, if you're really into waitresses, it's probably awesome.
1: <laughs> we just described <laughs> me just in terrifying. the 80s <laughs> to a T. <laughs> Although uh, I wasn't touring, I was just going to restaurants and trying to chat up waitresses.
0: <laughs> just go, and just, it went
1: nowhere. Just um, leaving
0: really good tips in the hopes, yeah, that and something then I will pay What
1: of. I would my move was to leave a really good tip and then go outside and peer in through the window of the Denny's to see them oh get God. the tip and think maybe they'll just look out the window and see me looking back in.
0: Well, you write your name and phone number on the on the bills. Oh, damn <laughs> yeah, it! Yeah. I didn't do that part. I mean, that's. Everybody knows that. Oh, damn
1: it. I wrote my major in college on it. And um, <laughs> what
0: was your major in college? <laughs>
1: History and literature of America, Aww. specializing in the literature of the South. I would write that, uh, no waitress ever called me. Um, of course, they didn't have my number. I didn't leave that. I did leave my social security number. <laughs> Listen, I really yeah. screwed up at being single. It was a big mess. You blew it.
0: You had a lot of opportunities at Denny's. You know, I probably did. It. Denny's,
1: yeah. your sizzle, your occasional sizzler where I would wipe off my own tray.
0: A <laughs> <laughs> back steakhouse.
1: I used to take women on dates to restaurants where you had to pick up a tray. Oh, No. <laughs> I ended up marrying. Carrying her, a tray is very romantic. <laughs> <laughs> I got you your tray. Now you hold your tray, and I'll hold my tray. Um, but let's talk about this.
0: Yeah, let's talk about crazy music, music com- versus comedies.
1: Yeah, the, in the eternal Marvel DC struggle between music and comedy, because
0: what is it about music that you are particularly fascinated by? I mean, is it just sort of like a kid's version of it looks cool to be on stage and you know sweating and having. You know, people try to touch the hem of your garment.
1: Yes, but I've had that, please. Yeah, people, I've, people
0: I've, want to touch the hem of your garment yeah, very often.
1: Yeah, I've many years I performed uh, a comedy dressed as Jesus, and, um, and it, was a, <laughs> it, was, it was a big success. But no, I guess, okay, I'll tell you exactly. First of all, th- we have to break this down into categories. One is songwriting. I'm uh, and I've talked to you about this at parties uh, at my house where I have cornered you and and tried to talk to you about songwriting. I've even talked to you on my show. I remember you were on the late night show once, and I was telling you afterwards how much I envied that you could write a song, and you very kindly said to me, um, "This is just as we were wrapping up the show," and she said, "Well, I'll, I'll write a song with you," and I thought, "Well, that's not." going to happen, and I would be completely useless to you. I would interfere with your process. Well,
0: obviously you brought a guitar today so we could write a song I did on not. the podcast. I
1: did not, damn how
0: it. Did that, how is that possible?
1: That because, you- well, I think it's because-
0: or are we going to have to do an ancillary B-roll <laughs> podcast at your house? Where yeah. Where I go well, house I would do a second. Song. I
1: would do a one that we sort of edit down. Oh,
0: I'm totally we game. We could do
1: that. Totally could,
0: game for this, by the way. Like, okay. You know, all right.
1: I, I yeah. did not. First of all, I think if I had showed up today with a guitar- I'd have felt like an asshole yeah. because um, I don't think that would be fair to you.
2: No,
0: you said one time at a party. I know you Remember said that? we were going
1: to write a song. Remember so that? look what I brought. <laughs> I brought a Telecaster and it's already plugged into this really cool amp. And you're going to make a song with me right now. No, I don't. Uh, that is, by the way, my singing voice. Um, it's
0: it's got a very interesting timbre. Have you tried to write songs? I've you never tried
1: songs? to write a song. Not
0: not even not even like
1: I have to say that I remembered as a young man when I was playing the guitar and learning it, I was obsessed with writing a song and it was always the same chord progression. It was E... Dig, 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 then it would go to F sharp minor, then Ooh. it would go to A, and it kept sounding like every Lou Reed song you've ever heard. I
0: mean, that's probably accurate. Yes. Yeah. And, I,
1: <laughs> and I'm and i telling anyone out there who doubts me, you you just sort of muffle the strum a little bit and you go e, 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 F sharp minor, and then you go to to A, 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 A. And it was just like, it's yeah. like, yes, this song... This is going to get me laid. Uh. <laughs> this is,
0: I'm going to be, yeah, this song is going to be dark and interesting. Dark and interesting, because those seem- are
1: dark and interesting. That's a yeah. dark, interesting progression.
0: I'm going to seem brooding. Uh, I'm going to seem like I have a problem that only you, my dar- my darling, sweet, lovely lady can fix.
1: Yes. Yeah. I No one else understands me, but the woman I'm singing, the waitress at Denny's I'm singing this to right now. So it is a mystery to me songwriting, but I will tell you the one thing that I think really fascinates anyone in comedy is that there is a – and you will probably disagree with me, but from <laughs> our perspective, people on this comedy side, there's a lack of judgment. Now, yes, there's I'm, – I'm sure there's all these horror stories you could tell me of working your way up and you're in Boston and you're playing these cruddy clubs and people are throwing cod at each other in the audience and you're trying to- (laughs)
0: That's (laughs) what we do in Boston. (laughs) Trust me, I know. (laughs)
1: We're gonna have a cod fight. Um, Everyone tossing cod at each other while you're trying to- to It's
0: Scrod, it's Scrod. Scrod,
1: cod, (laughs) you know, exactly. You got eat Scrod? And, um, but I understand that, but at a certain point, everyone shuts up When you start to play your song. Not always. When was the last time people talked as you were performing, Amy Mann?
0: (laughs) I mean, listen, if you were playing a bar in Chicago. Yes. Look, I love Chicago, but it is the chattiest city.
1: Yeah, and they're not throwing scrods, they're throwing various types of sausage, spice sausage. <laughs>
0: they're throwing deep dish pizza.
1: <laughs> deep dish pizza flying around, which can really, when you're hit with, de- you know, thin crust, you get hit, nothing not, not a problem. You get hit with deep dish you know and you're in terrible, terrible trouble. Um, I was thinking about you today before this interview and I was thinking, I know f- for a fact that your independence and your, I think, confidence was probably hard won Because of the way you grew up. You don't sound like someone who had the most cheerful uh, childhood. No,
0: it's not cheerful.
1: Well, first of all, there's this crazy story, which I've known for a while, but the crazy story of you more or less being kidnapped when you're three years old.
0: Yeah, I was one of those, you know, my parents uh, split up. My my mother, everyone's gone now so I can, you know, talk about it. But uh, my mother had had uh, an affair with this guy and I think got pregnant by him. Mm -hmm. And they decided that they would run off together because he was married and he had some, he had kids and he knew in 1963, nobody's giving him custody of his kids. So, you know, they hatched this plan to take his kids and take me and, uh, and not my brother. I don't know why. I think Mm -hmm. my brother is Probably a little too old,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know. I was like a very—I
1: think you were three, weren't I you? Was, I
0: was—I was three. He was—he was five, but he was like a very smart and aware five, and also a five that would like call stuff out. Mm-hmm. Where I was a very acquiescent, uh, you know, very easily controlled three. And they took—they took all these kids and ran off. And this, you know, she was pregnant, or she had just had a a baby. <laughs> and
1: they ran off. They ran uh, off to they, Europe. They fled the country. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they went to Europe because I remember being in Amsterdam and I remember being in Germany and we landed in in London or the mm-hmm. outskirts of London and that's where we were found.
1: And you were found because your dad hired a private detective had, to find yeah, to track he, you down. He
0: and the the this guy's wife um hired a private detective and so you know we're Kind of trading tips and you know trying to trying to track everybody down, and he actually found him by accident because he was having he was in advertising mm-hmm. and this guy had worked for him just to make oh, everything okay. more. <laughs>
1: so not the perfect yeah. crime. <laughs> yeah, just more. <laughs> Wait, awful. I know this guy.
0: Yeah, so he was having um, lunch with you know somebody else in the advertising business uh, who was from New York, I think, and. And uh, the guy was like, oh, I ran into somebody who used to work for you. This, uh, you know, and said his name. And yeah. uh, and my father was like, oh, really? Uh, where was he? Where is he living? And that's how he tracked him down.
1: Wow. Okay. You know, so then sure coincidence. you're brought back and you're growing up in the South. Yeah. Where Whereabouts in the South? Richmond. It? Yeah, Virginia. Richmond, Virginia. And you describe this thing that makes sense to me, which is that being- A woman growing up in the 60s, 70s was not a piece of cake.
0: The kind of cliche thing of telling your kids, you know, or, you know, your daughters, like, you can be anything you want. Like, that that was exactly the opposite of my experience. I mean, it was like just understood that women were dumber and that women couldn't do stuff, but also that, I don't know, it it, there was kind of this atmosphere that if you wanted to do something that women didn't usually do, you were literally going against nature. And right. it, it was like almost a crime against nature if you, you know, if you want, I mean, like literally I wanted to play the bass and, you know. It, it was, and your
1: family, when you said, I want to play the bass, their reaction was. Oh, they
0: laughed at me. Like it, it was, it was just like hilarious laughter at the very idea that, I mean, I can't even come up with an analog today because- you know, I mean, women do like they're in the army, they're doctors, but it right. just, it was so outlandish. I mean, it was Well, when the Talking so Heads outlandish.
1: came along in the late 70s and 80s, it was, oh, look,
0: oh, yeah. the bass player yeah.
1: is a woman. Yeah. And it, it almost felt like uh, a novelty, which now yeah. is insulting. But I remembered my mother, if one of my sisters was chewing gum, she'd be like, take that gum out of your mouth. Oh, my God. You're chewing gum.
0: And the implication is always, like, you're making yourself unattractive so that you won't get a husband. Like, yes. I was actually told, like, you'll never get a boyfriend. Like, nobody will ever want to marry you because you're, you know, because my antics, you know, like, I guess was were making me so unattractive. You know, and you're like, I'm 12, you know, like I'm 12 and I like football. Like what's the problem?
1: Right, but- and also we don't need to marry me off just yet. <laughs> no. This is in 1851. Yeah, yeah but it's- You're the- 12, it's yeah. time to have a child. <laughs> but you
0: have to be trained, And yeah. into, you know, into your job is to be attractive at all times. Well,
1: that's, I mean, but I remembered noticing, <laughs> wait a minute, my mother doesn't care if I chew gum. She doesn't care if I-
0: Boy, that really is, a. I mean-
1: She had a different standard.
0: Gum chew. Gum- Chewing, that it's down to gum chewing. That's yeah, and this
1: crazy. was, and keep in mind, this is an ancient history. This is the 19, this is like 1983. Why are you chewing gum? Get that gum out of your mouth. Wow. Meanwhile, my brothers and I are in the backyard, uh, you know, are in the backyard, um, shoving dirt in our mouths and swallowing it. Uh, we're just animals, we're like, we're like wild apes. And she's like, well, those boys, what can be done? Now can, listen to me.
0: What can be done? You yeah. can <laughs> well, it's out of my hands. <laughs>
1: I have a very clear memory of the first time that you were introduced to me as a musical artist. I know that you had spent a lot of time in Boston because you'd gone to Berkeley and you got involved in the music scene in Boston. Yeah. And you were with a punk band for a while Mm -hmm. that was called... The the, Young Snakes. The Young Snakes. Yeah, kind of like an
0: art rock noisy... Right. Yeah.
1: And one of the things I remember uh, was... I heard once, I don't know if this is true, that they, you would sort of start, a, start to try and write songs and they were mad about anything that sounded slightly melodic.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I th- yeah. Just I, just, like- I felt that there was definitely, you know, in the sort of punk new wave scene that, yeah, anything melodic or anything that was like a love song was definitely like that was out right you know like I was band who would, I was friends with one of their songs was the uh, the lyrics were a recipe for shrimp fl- flambe you know it was all like all, like just weird with the, whatever the weirdest was it of.
1: accurate if you listen to the whole song did you actually get a good recipe for, that's for shrimp great, flambe
0: that's a great question yeah did they follow the recipe exactly? then
1: simmer simmer for 15 minutes don't let it brown. Nah, nah, nah. I mean, um, that's
0: very useful, <laughs> right? You, like a whole, you mix the cooking show and music into one new genre.
1: I used to do this uh, performance around not Live just for writers, but I used to do, what if um, Led Zeppelin had gotten into a period of their career where the, the songs were really just about useful tips for staying healthy? <laughs> <laughs> and then I would, I would do rubber Plant, like, you know,
2: Chew <laughs> before swallowing helps with digestion.
1: And um, people, uh, (laughs) I just love the idea of a hard rock band that was trying to tell you, Sleep's important Try to get eight hours Nine if you can And But still The same sound Yeah, do, 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 do. Yeah, yeah Same heavy sound Same, you know John Bonham drums Same cool rock parts And then everything is Some sun is good In moderation <laughs> Probably good to put on You know <laughs> Sunscreen When you go outside well, Then
0: you get into that Schoolhouse rock stuff, right? Yeah, And exactly. all of that Those songs were fantastic Great songs Great songs
1: I mean, and also It's still how I understand how our legislative process works yeah. is I play over how a bill becomes a bill on Capitol Hill. That's
0: amazing. That and sounds amazing. Yeah, it is a yeah. great
1: song, but I still to this day will be reading the New York Times and they'll be saying, yeah, you know, mansion, Cinema, they may, and I'm like, okay, yeah, hold on a second. Let me see if I can follow this. And I go back to Schoolhouse Rock and I'm like, I got this. Yeah. <laughs> I understand exactly what's happening. Thank Let me you. get back
0: to the bridge, and then I'll, I'll understand.
1: But I find it terrifying because now we are able to listen to early versions of songs from just about any... Like, so yeah. you can hear the demo yeah. for a song the Beatles do on the White Album. You can hear the demo, and I think, how did you ever get from that point to the song being the song?
0: Part of the answer, though, to that, Conan, is that McCartney is a fucking savant. Yeah. And he obviously can hear all the arrangements in his head, all mm-hmm. the different instruments all playing at once. He can hear it. That's why he's always a little surprised that, like, George isn't hearing it. Like, you know, George is a great guitar player who has to work out some parts and try some stuff and live with it. And, like, no, that doesn't work. And, you know, which is, like, what most mortals do. But he can just hear it.
1: I think he's going to go places. <laughs> I really do. I he's going to work out for...
0: That and, young man.
1: But I and but you I, can see
0: too like how he's translating every experience into music at all times.
1: Right. This is um savagely name droppy and awful. And I apologize for that, but let's just all I can say is that I was allowed to attend a party once, uh, and Paul McCartney was there and um it was a dinner party. And as the party's breaking up, I walk into the next room and he's picked up a guitar. And he's of playing course. it and he's not doing it like, hey, look at me, I'm Paul McCartney. I'm playing the guitar. He's doing it the way someone who kind of likes the guitar would pick up a guitar. The interesting thing is it is a right-handed guitar and he's famously left-handed. So he's playing it upside down and sideways. Oh, <laughs> he's playing God. it, yeah. but he's, he's playing it correctly. He's making it work. Be- and I just said, uh, you know, I, I said, I don't understand how you're able to play I know you're left-handed and I don't understand how you're able to play that when he went, well, you know, I just swap a guitar. You know, I would swap off back and forth with John. And uh, if I had restrung John's guitar, he'd have crippled me. That's what he said. <laughs> if I'd restrung John's guitar, he'd have crippled me. So I had to figure out how to play it that way. Wow. And he's got that way of making – even when he speaks, it's kind of musical. Yeah. And it's a song in itself. And I'm just telling you how to go. Just take a left and then take a right and pass the pizza shop and you'll get there. (laughs) And you're like, wow, that's a song. You just told me how to get to the pizza shop. I mean, that's all he has to do is drop John in. Like someone can say, these baked potatoes, Paul, are really good. How'd you make them? I remember John told me once, oh my God. (laughs) What did he tell you? Oh, just put foil around him and it keeps the skins nice and crispy. Everything becomes a legend. Everything becomes a legend. My iPhone. I didn't bring the cord, but it's the new kind of receptor for the cord. It's the universal. It's not the old. I remember John won't sing <laughs> with an iPhone. You've got to have the right cord. I don't think John no, oh, he did. He told me he'd cripple me if I took his iPhone cord. <laughs>
3: you
1: know, we're talking about the Beatles, but I feel when I listen to your music, I'm aware that you've made a million decisions in the studio. They sound like all the right decisions to me, and I don't know how that happens.
0: You know, you hire the right musicians that you know are going to play tasteful stuff, and then they'll play something. You go, oh, keep that.
1: Were I a musician and a recording artist, my one move would be, let's get um, strings in here. I would put Mm -hmm. strings on everything. Yeah. Cello, violin, big orchestra, over the shittiest music you've ever heard, and I would just say, "Get me the the London Philharmonic." <laughs> well, well, when we record the song that we write together, we should do that. We, yeah,
0: we can we can do an uh, orchestral arrangement um,
1: and just do it. Bring in giant yeah. strings. No, I'm serious. Yeah. St-
0: Schedule me in. I, and will, I will do this. You and I are house. going to write a
1: song together. It's going to get nasty when we work out the publishing. Um, <laughs> you, that's when you're going to- You're
0: fam- famously <laughs> argumentative.
1: I'm, f- you know.
0: Eparsanomious. <laughs> <laughs> you're going
1: to be like, wait a minute, Conan. I'm Amy Mann. I've been doing this a long time and I'm quite acclaimed. No, it's O'Brien Mann- and I get seventy percent. I also get all the merch. <laughs> get all the merch. Yeah. Our, I want the merch. Our two heads
0: on a t-shirt.
1: But I remember that first hit, Voices Carry, my sister Kate, um, who I think really did feel like she was under the yoke of this. And again, I'll repeat, my I had lovely parents. They're fantastic people, and I love them very much, but they came from a different world. And so your song came along with the video and my sister Kate was just transfixed because it was all about, Oh wow! you know, Voices Carry is all about keep your voice down, let me control you. And it was, she, that song was like a liberation song for her, you that's know, which fantastic. was really great.
0: Well, wow, that's fantastic. That, that's a really nice thing. Yeah. You know, I didn't I mean I have to say I didn't even write it for that.
1: Mm-hmm. But You didn't write it for my sister?
0: No, I mean I didn't write it like um, as, you know, necessarily right. a feminist anthem. Right. You know, I think that when it came time to make the video that kind of that sort of idea was was in the air. I mean it's like very very heavy-handed and
1: Who's you know, the guy in the
4: ridiculous. video?
0: I don't know. So the director cast him, and when I saw him, I was like, "Oh come on! Like, how they, did you like? The, give they, me, <laughs> give me some credit! Like, I mean, they really? I'm not going to go out with this muscle bound. Yeah. Right?
1: They, you know, it's so funny because I was watching the video again today. You know, in preparation for this interview, I just was like checking out a lot of stuff, and I went back and I looked at that video, and this guy is over the top. Like, you're so thinking, why would Amy, for a second, oh, no, be not with this even guy? For who's a second. and 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 I encourage you to the, the, the guy is just like, what are you? doing why is your hell and so and such
0: so, a, a mustache twirling guy. yeah mustache
1: twirling bad guy he practically ties you to a train track <laughs> but what's really funny is the first comment that i saw on the internet was this guy had one job it was to be an asshole and he nailed it <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's like <laughs> but putting in his song i mean i think that's sort of case in point of voices carry is you know i wrote it about A friend of mine, a male friend of mine who's talking about a relationship he had where the girl didn't want to be affectionate with him in public, like made him, Mm -hmm. you know, like, don't, you know, keep your voice down. Don't tell people we're going out. And But I think the reason I related to that story was probably my, my history. So, you know, you can put stuff in a song that, you know, you can disguise. You can have a metaphor that maybe is a little oblique that people might get or might not get. But you... Can say what you fucking think and feel. Yeah, Uh, you know. And I think that if if you grow up in a way where you're able to say what you think and feel, you don't necessarily need that. I mean, I wonder if that's what if I would have been if I would have gravitated towards that so so much if I you know felt like I had parents I could talk to.
1: Right now, of course, people will want to know when you had success. Did your parents change their minds? Did they say? Uh, did they come around and is that satisfying or, or is it not cure well, the fact that they laughed at you when you said you wanted to play bass?
0: I think that my, I had grown up with a stepmother, my real mm-hmm. mother, you know, once I was brought back, I didn't see her again until yeah. I was an adult. My stepmother was really the one who uh, was really, you know, the don't you the gum mm-hmm. model and i think that she really was very excited that i was getting famous and wanted to be around that a lot and that yeah. was uncomfortable so you know she wanted to take credit for it so she would tell people how like, she she started me out uh you know oh really yeah there, okay. there was a lot of that so wow. revisionist history so that was kind of uncomfortable yeah yeah um my father i feel like my father was just very disengaged from from the family. And I, I never felt like he, you know, was necessarily judgmental of me. You know, he sort of accepted me, but, but at the same time, like, you know, my stepmother really ran the show. So, you know, you can't do that because your girl stuff was really just per- percolated in the, in the family. Cause I had three brothers. So, you know, you have three brothers and you have somebody who's told they can't do a thing. And then that person becomes the scapegoat, you know, of the family, like, ha ha, you can't do it. And we can, you know, cause kids always like to have somebody who's, you know, they can step on, I
1: guess. Humans do.
0: I mean, I've heard about <laughs> families where the siblings are, you know, support each other, but I, like, I literally can't imagine.
1: Yeah. And then there's like the
0: secret tools that you don't really know you have that sort of you realize later. And I think for me, one of those was that I'm very persistent, you know, I'm yeah. quietly persistent, if not stubborn. And, um, you know, there's just some things like, I don't know, like starting my own label and getting yeah. off, getting off major labels and stuff. I just, you know, I mean Which you did.
1: I mean, now that feels very common today, but when you started doing it, it was not common.
0: Yeah. When I at that point it was really you were on a major label or use it or nothing, you know. Right. And um, you know, the internet had just kind of sprouted up a little bit so that you could go to a website and then, you know, order a record by phone. I like I don't even think you, I don't even think you could have ordered it online. I love that
1: you. The internet was you're still on the phone with the same guy exactly. at the record store. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's that was the early internet that people yeah. don't understand.
0: Write this post. You know, send a self-addressed stamped envelope <laughs> to this post office box.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So, but that was what early two thousand. That's that's two, yeah, to
0: 1999, ninety nine, two thousand. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. And you know, but that's also. I mean, it's like once again, that kind of stems from dysfunction. Like, I don't, I don't trust anybody. I'm sick of it. You're like, fuck you. I'm going to do it myself.
1: Um, it takes what it takes. But I think also, quite, uh, persistence is a quality people don't talk about a lot is part of the creative process. And I think it's a huge part of the creative process. Yeah. People think a lot of it is inspiration. And I think inspiration's fine. It's,
0: all, it's almost none of it, like 5%. I mean, good, great if you, you know, if you're walking along and you suddenly have an, uh, an idea, a song pops into your head, or one of those people who are like, I had a dream and then I w- woke up and wrote it down. Fuck you, Paul McCartney. Like, yeah. you know, must be nice. Uh, I guess occasionally that happens, but- for me it's really about like just pick up the guitar and do you know and just just put keep it, at put it. in yeah put in some hours you know play this play that Im- imitate a song play the chord progression from this other song and see as an exercise to see if uh, you an alternate melody occurs to you you know like whatever it just you know keep at it
1: you just reminded me of i Talked to Elvis Costello on this podcast fairly recently, and I didn't get to talk to him about this on the podcast, but he did a really lovely thing, which is, you know, there's this new uh, star, I guess she was a Disney star, and then she came out with this album, Olivia Rodrigo, Mm -hmm. and she came out with this album, and it was this big hit and got a lot of attention, and of course, immediately people came out of the woodwork and said, well, this song sounds a lot like that song from 10 years ago, and this, you know, she's almost like she's ripping people off, and I thought people were giving her a hard time about one of her songs, which they said... This just sounds like a ripoff of Elvis Costello, some Elvis Costello song. And he immediately went online and said, what are you talking about? I got that song because I was thinking about this other song mm-hmm. that was famous. And that's where that song came from. He said, we all are constantly listening to what came before us and reinventing it and trying to make new magic. And I thought that was really lovely. That's Be- very generous. It Be- was yeah. very generous because very I think generous. we're you know in this age now where everyone can access a song immediately. And it's become kind of in vogue to say, hey, wait a minute, you ripped off X, Y, and Z. Yeah. This one part sounds a lot like, and, you know, you think- um, You know,
0: yeah, there's always going to be, you're going to stumble across like, you know, a couple of notes that sound, that remind you another thing. And, you know, and I, I, I'm sure I've done that, but I mean, sometimes it's deliberate because you want the flavor of that quote in there,
1: mm-hmm. you know? Right.
0: I mean, Elvis is another savant, right? Like, he's unbelievable. <laughs> like, he's yeah. unbelievable. I've never seen a person with so much going on and so much so much energy to and so many ideas. I mean, I think he is kind of like pure inspiration.
1: Yeah. He's also, what I find helps me a lot, is a song with a lot of changes uh-huh. that come pretty quickly. Some of my fascination with guitar is just that it keeps my hands busy. Yeah. You know, um, it's doing something... It's calming me down.
0: Yeah, and I think music, you know, is kind of an organized chaos, right? It's it it's the organization of chaos. Like it's right. probably that the perfect thing for yeah for for your restless hands. Koda.
1: Yeah. Ex- well, ex- well, there you go. <laughs> There you go. Yeah. Which is was... the
0: title of our new record. That
1: we're, <laughs> so that we're currently working on We're gonna on. do this. We're gonna make um, we're gonna do it. We're gonna we're gonna make a song together and we're gonna get it out there. But um I uh Yeah, this
0: is our pledge to your listening audience. Yeah. So now we have to release it.
1: Yes. This right? song we is going to, write, to ha- we have this to song write
0: is it. Michael will record it for us because he's already He's and already he, made that offer.
1: He's brilliant. Um, he's
0: a great producer. I mean, he's one of those guys who's like, I can play anything.
1: Which and is frustrating. I can
0: also engineer and produce, so I don't need anybody. So else. this
1: is one of my favorite moments that uh, that embarrasses me in hindsight. But cornering you uh, and Michael Penn in in getting you guys cornered and saying, "Hey, guys." isn't the bridge to I Can See Clearly Now really strange? And you guys were like, "Hi, I haven't really really thought about it. I'm like, but but check it out. So this is the song and it's pretty normal. But then you get to the bridge and I was trying to figure it out and you guys were being so sweet. You're listening to me and I'm showing you, but then it goes to E minor, but then it goes to this, but then it goes to that. But why would it go to this and go to that? And you guys were like, that's great. Merry Christmas. <laughs> no, you were very yeah. sweet about it, but I it's, afterwards I said, Oh, I can't. That's great. Are they
0: I are can't they can't... carving the roast beef in, in the next room? Is, is there a ham in that
1: room? <laughs> oh, yeah, ham. But I, I remember just ham. I remember just afterwards talking out loud, okay, like I lying in bed going, now. I cornered these two musical savants and told them that I had figured out the bridge to I Can See Clearly
3: now. <laughs> well what's funny
0: about that is like my experience of it is like Oh my God! What am I, as dumb dumb that I can't remember that bridge? Like I could not, I couldn't even remember it. I could right. like, uh, yeah. like, say, i like, look all around, it there's does nothing not come but to me. blue skies." Yeah, that's probably why, because it's sort of an anomaly. Like yeah, one of those it's bridges, a weird, you're crazy like, bridge. It belongs to a different song.
1: Yes, but it's kind yeah. of it's also complete genius yeah. at the same time. But
0: sometimes it's fun to have a bridge that really jumps out.
1: Um, I'm excited. You and I are going to record a song together. Michael's going to produce it. And again, then I'm just going to hammer you. Are you going you? sing on
0: the- it? Can you sing? I mean, no offense. <laughs> to, I'm not implying that you can't sing because you did sing just just now, but in a funny voice. Can you sing in a not funny that voice? That wasn't
1: a funny voice. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best yeah. voice that this, I had. This is- How would you tell if I could sing?
0: I know. I don't know.
1: Silent night. This is- Oh, holy night! See, how
0: can we keep? All is calm. We can't write a comedy song.
1: All we? is we can't.
0: We're not. We're not Alan Sherman. Okay. We can't do. We're not. Listen,
1: maybe you'll we're not handle Adam the vocals. I know. I know. I know. We'll um, we'll
0: figure it out. We're
1: going to figure it out. Yeah. We'll but I want our listeners to be. This is going to be a collaboration, which means if it's any good, Amy Mann will do ninety-eight percent of it. And um I'll I'll uh, I'll be on Cowbell. That's how we'll <laughs> we'll figure this out. But um I this was delightful. I've I wanted to talk to you for a long time and actually have this conversation. So Yeah, me this too. was really nice that Well, you I'm could... no
0: longer apprehensive. All oh my, really? What my have you fears. switched to?
1: You're now how do you feel about being Conan Bryan's friend?
0: Enthusiastic.
1: Oh good. Until you find out what the publishing deal is on our song.
0: <laughs> but- my people will call you, and
1: my people will tear your we will to shreds.
0: <laughs> we will send you we will FedEx you some papers to sign.
1: <laughs> Amy, thank you so much for coming thank in. Thank you. This, this was, was great.
0: This was very fun.
1: As you guys know, I love gossip. I love my tea. Isn't that true, Sona?
3: Yeah, you you yeah. love your hot god. I call it
1: tea. Isn't that uh, something that I should be?
3: I don't think you can say, I love my tea. I don't know if no. that's the no. way it works. And yeah. it sounds weird coming from also, you anyway. Also, well, often I when I say I
1: like it, it, I just like an actual tea,
2: a chamomile. I think that's what you mean. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. mean. Yeah, Conan, this segment's supposed to be about gossip, Okay. Not tea.
1: <laughs> well, my enthusiasm level just <laughs> dropped incredibly because I have all these okay. facts at my disposal about different blends, uh, your English breakfast, your Scottish lunch. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Did you, re- you research tea before this segment thinking we were gonna talk I about it? I take these tea? segments
1: seriously. And I went to the library cause that's the only place to get information. <laughs> and I I went through <laughs> the library cards, the Dewey Decimal System. But now that I know that it's about gossip, I'm even more excited cause I love gossip. I loves, and as, and as you say, Sona, I loves my hot goss. So I'm yeah. very happy to report that Team Coco finally has a gossip expert in the house, comedian, Solomon Giorgio. Very happy that he's on board. Yes. Hi, hello. (laughs) That's Solomon laughing there. Solomon, uh, I love anyone who just giggles at their own name. That is your actual name, Solomon.
4: Every time I hear it, I'm like, are you sure?
1: Yeah, yeah. Trust me, my name, my first name gets a laugh out of me every time. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, Solomon has been in the Team Coco family for a while. He's appeared at our live shows. He's been on the late night show. And uh, just before the world went on lockdown, Solomon uh, hit send on a tweet that changed his life. The tweet was, I don't care about celebrity gossip. Give me small scale gossip. And you had no idea what you were gonna get back when you sent that tweet out, did you,
4: No, I did not. I did not expect hundreds of responses to truly the most, just an afterthought that I had just in the middle of the day.
1: Yeah, the tweet went viral. Complete strangers started sending Solomon their juiciest stories. Now he's serving them up on The Juice, a brand new podcast from Team Coco, featuring Solomon and a celebrity guest discussing low stakes gossip stories. Uh, it's low stakes and very high on the petty. Yes. that's I
4: think, which is, I always like petty gossip. I love a it's good petty. I've, it's just, I've held every grudge my entire life. Oh. Not, let, not a single one has been let go. <laughs> The oh. Irish,
1: all we're really known for is very green grass <laughs> and the ability to hold a grudge for thousands of years over the smallest thing. <laughs> ah, you put the stone on my side of the farm. <laughs> it should stay on your side of the farm. <laughs> and then they, they're bitter about it for a thousand years. Uh, anyway, Solomon, thanks for being with us. And you've brought some juicy, Uh, gossip to share. I want to hear this because I want to weigh in. I'm a very wise man.
4: (laughs) Well, this, actually, I brought um, uh, some historical gossip, some some stuff from the past because gossip has been around for a while. It's been like, Segments in newspapers for the yeah. longest time. I mean, gossips, gossip's been
1: around. What do you mean? It's been around for a while. I think right after Adam and Eve were kicked out of you know, Eden, the gossip started. Yeah. About really? These they... two, this <laughs> naked man and woman and what was it with a snake and how come the apple? And so, yes, it's been with us since day one and it's probably kept the earth turning.
4: And I respect it. So, Conan, Matt, I know that you both are history buffs. Uh, so, these are historical pieces of gossip. That, uh, that we put together for you. These historical uh, pieces of gossip come from the Hamilton Evening Journal, August 6, 1892. Um, Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, juicy. A woman not a thousand miles from Richmond was, without doubt, the most flurried female in seven counties when she discovered, after coming out of church Sunday, that her brand new hat was adorned with a tag whereupon was inscribed the legend... Reduced to two seventy-five. Oh, oh my
3: god. So
1: how humiliating for her.
4: Yeah.
3: She bought a hat on she sale. Ab- she bought
1: a hat on, sale. A hat on, sale. A hat on and sale
4: and was probably humiliated because it made the paper, right? It made the paper, but also like she's leaving church. She's supposed to not people she's supposed to have the newest hat, I'm assuming, because it's a church function. Yeah, the Sunday fine. She showed up yeah. with a cheap hat and, and she didn't she didn't take the tag off.
1: Also, this this oh, just shows my. you how little was happening in the news <laughs> that day. Or or what a bad newspaper it was. Because what if this <laughs> This was the same day that like President Garfield was shot and they were like, what should we do? The president's been shot in a train station in Washington. Wait a minute, this just over the transom. Stop the Stop press. Stop the presses. The president, he'll either live or die. There's nothing we can do about it. But, well, look. You, know, en- you know, Enid Crabtree just wore a reduced hat. <laughs> At the Methodist church. <laughs> We've got to get this out there.
2: Do you remember Minnie Pearl? She used to wear a hat with the tag yes. hanging down. Is this in reference to oh, that? not no, no. Well, that can't
1: be, no, 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 no. This was a very, I don't think Minnie Pearl knew about this story. She, might, she might, have. might have. Is that what you saying?
4: Verse, like look, she
1: Minnie might Pearl have. might be all
4: knowing. She might be the woman.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that would make Minnie Pearl, who I, I'm gonna guess, passed away like 10 years ago. So she would have been, um I don't know, 120 when she died, I'm sorry. Could happen.
3: Who, who's Minnie exactly. Pearl?
1: Exactly. <laughs> a rapper that just hit huge, just out of, no, out, no. of <laughs> out of, you gotta know what's going on, <laughs> right? Straight out of, straight out of Oakland. Uh, no, Minnie Pearl.
3: Oh, that's Yeah, Minnie Pearl
1: was famous, uh, was at the Grand Old Opry. She was a comedian and then she was on Hee Haw. She was, uh, you know, big time, uh, comic in her day, and that was her trademark, was a tag hanging from her hat. So those are things, Mm. I love that you're learning Sona about the history mm-hmm. of women in comedy
3: <laughs> yes from from you, a man in comedy
4: well, it makes sense,
1: sort of in comedy, I guess <laughs> I don't know
4: yeah. but yeah, it's it unclear to just, me just, what I'm doing anymore. It is just the reduced price hat is sort of the thing that's like you can't it is gauche, you can't be caught in that situation, so many Pro's is doing like a nice little tip to uh, to uh something that's happened to too many women, unfortunately,
1: of course, nowadays, to get to elicit the same kind of scandal you'd probably just have to walk naked. Do you know what I mean? Mm, Uh, Out of a church that you just set on fire to get the same amount of attention. This society has changed so much, I don't think. If someone saw a, a reduced sale tag, mm-hmm. also that would look cool. Like, I think aren't there a lot of celebrities who like to yeah. let it out there that I only spent eight dollars on this, or I only spent uh, this was only fifteen dollars, and and you're seen as thrifty, which yeah. is which is cool.
2: And the, there was a fashion to keep the stickers on your ball cap yeah. for a long time well, too.
4: But also, know? like it shows like how different our society was. People like talk about cancel culture. Like she got canceled for wearing. Mm-hmm a reduced price hat. <laughs> yes. We
1: hope she was just canceled. Yeah. She may have been run out of town. Uh, <laughs>
2: or murdered. 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 Yeah, yeah.
1: who knows? We don't know. This The stakes were very high back in the 1890s. And so we don't know what happened to her. I think it's just safe to assume uh, that she was <laughs> she <didn't> dismembered. <laughs> She was
3: dismembered. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe she was going to return the hat after church. So she left the tag nope. on. Ooh, and worse. a lot of influencers do that now where they buy expensive clothes, keep the tags on and then return it after they take photos for, you know, their for the social bar. media. I feel
4: like that's, I think, I think, Back in the past, all cells were final. I think that's usually. (laughs) Also, uh, she was also responsible for the first
1: selfie as she came out of the church. (laughs) (laughs) She waited, she waited while a guy with a camera, she waited while a guy with a camera set up the tripod, uh, put the the flash powder on the pan, um, put his head underneath that big sheet and then set the daguerreotype levels to the correct uh, settings. And she had to stand still for 40 minutes. For her selfie.
2: <laughs> Wait, that's not a selfie. She had to get under. Yeah, that she curtain got under the curtain. She got under the curtain. She got everything just
1: right. Then she lit the fat, the flash powder, and jumped back into frame. <laughs> uh, and it was ah. the it was the first recorded selfie, uh, August sixth, eighteen ninety two. Look it up,
4: <laughs> Solomon. What else you got? The city of Humboldt in Kansas, has a young woman's military band that goes around playing for picnics and celebrations. It may be all right for a woman to play on a brass horn, but it makes the lips hard just the same.
3: What? Oh. What
1: year are we talking about here? This is
4: 1892, same. same.
1: This is also happening in 1892. Yes. Women were just going insane at this time.
2: I know. <laughs> and, so, like, she'd walk around town and everybody'd be like, oh, there's hard lipped Sheila over there. Don't go near yeah, her. Yeah, oh, it was a whole, it was actually a whole <laughs> women's
4: band, a military band on top of that. So they were in the military. So, wait a minute. Wow.
1: Uh, I'm confused. The, it does make the lips hard, was considered
4: a bad thing. Yeah, that's the part that I'm like, I feel like, is it just because they're all women and they shouldn't be getting their lips hard? And that's against the rules? I think so. I don't understand.
3: I don't know, but it sounds kind of yeah. sexual. Yeah, well, like they've been get, put out to, to pasture. Hard. Yeah.
2: Oh, I think it's that their lips have been spoiled <laughs> yeah. now; that they don't have soft lips anymore. It's, oh,
3: okay. I was saying the way it was written sounded sexual.
2: Yeah, I like a hard-lipped woman. <laughs> <laughs> oh. What about like chapped, crusty lips like that? I like that heart? too. That sounds great. You know? Oh, that, that, yeah. Honestly, hmm. smooth
4: lips really—they just they don't tell a story, and that's what I think the issue is.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that's, I'm with Solomon on this yeah. one. Anyone can have smooth lips. That just means you, you haven't lived life. Yeah. But give me a hard lipped woman whose lips are chapped, crusty, flaking, mm-hmm. uh, I want. You want her to leave some of her lips yes, on you exactly. Yes, exactly.
4: Oh, yes. I come want it to feel on. like, what? I want no. it to feel like I just
1: kissed <laughs> a, f- a freshly sandblasted banister. and <laughs> And whoo, that's what I like. Hey. That's what. I swear to God! First thing when I saw my wife way back in uh, 2000 across the room, first thing I shouted was, "Yo, you got some hard lips." <laughs> and then I said, "I said, give me some of that skin, chap." Oh, oh God! Yeah, I said, "Flake me up, baby." Oh. Um, anyway, she refused. Oh no! Yeah, I, it took me a year to recover just from that. Oh. She got a restraining order. Uh, but then, about a year later, uh, she had forgotten that I said that. I said that that was someone else and she believed it, so. <laughs> no, we, got, right. we got past it, I'll ask her. This is good gossip, I like this. I like historical gossip, this is good. I like my, I, I like, uh, I call it the goo. Give me the goo, don't I always say that, Sona? The goo, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh-oh. You do, I say, yeah, I say do. what's the goo? the goo? What's the goo?
4: And to me, that just means the gooey, sweet gossip. <laughs> the goo—that's what I like. <laughs> I like
3: nom, that. Nom, 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 nom.
4: My favorite memory: uh, is I used to work at the JCPenney, Penney, uh, the suit department, and I would just go hang out with women in the perfume department, and they would smoke uh, menthols, and then we'd watch Passions, and the entire time we would just swap <laughs> stories of gossip. So that's like—that's always going to be. That yeah.
2: sounds amazing. Passions. You watched was Passions.
3: I loved. I watched passion. it too. Yeah. Oh my god, that yeah. was the best soap. It was, it was a
2: fever it dream of a soap opera. I was just gonna yeah. say it was a fever dream. I didn't it see this insane, soap opera. It, it did so great. It had witches. It had a like. Oh it had a living god. doll. It was very, very wild. Yeah, Living Doll. A little person played a living doll and it was all shot on Mm. early video too. Oh, I
1: remember that. I didn't watch it, but I remembered everybody was talking about it. It was insane. It was off its rocker.
2: Crazy.
4: Bring back passions. That's all I came here for. That's all. (laughs)
1: Yeah. You know what I want to do? I want to, to, uh, let's see if we can't uh, use our resources, uh, Solomon, and get some behind the scenes gossip from the making of the show, Passions. I bet we can get something good going there.
4: I'm sure I can. I probably, I probably, can't do that. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna actually do it right now. After this, yeah, yeah.
1: I can't. Th- I can't think of a better use of uh, two adult uh, time than to, to <laughs> drop everything. We're two adult, two adults, two
3: adult, <laughs> too too adult, adult time. time.
1: All right. Well, yeah. what are you gonna do? <laughs> uh, this has been. This has been a lot of fun, um, and I. I'm very happy that you're you're getting to do what you love. That's the trick in life, Solomon find out what you love, and then trick people into paying you to do mm-hmm. it. And uh, congratulations, Thank sir. you. have <laughs> done that. Uh, and and just a reminder, everybody, from workplace romances at Denny's to moms with secret lovers, oh my God. Each week, Solomon <gasps> sources only the best everyday gossip from comedians, performers, and listeners like you. Uh, in fact, uh, I went on the juice. I had a blast. Sona, I think you did as well, right?
3: I did, I had so much fun. I really did, talking to Solomon was awesome. Well,
1: he's here listening. Allegedly. Of course you're gonna say that. (laughs) Yeah, allegedly.
3: Uh, Yeah, I know. Uh,
1: Yeah, I um, know. And he's-
3: I was paying him a compliment. Yeah, but you're on Zoom
1: and I saw you do air quotes (laughs) and he was awesome. So insulting, so insulting.
3: Do you think he's God? I hope he did. I know,
1: I don't think so. I saw him, he's (laughs) he's crying now, he's visibly crying. So uh, do with that what you will, but probably crying about something else. Um, Yeah, Uh, but anyway, uh, no, it really is fun. New episodes of The Juice are out every week. Listen, wherever you get your podcasts. And thank you, Solomon. Thank you so much.
2: Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, with Conan O'Brien, Sonam Ovsessian, and Matt Gorley. Produced by me, Matt Gorley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs, Joanna Solitaroff, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Cody Fisher at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Take it away, Jimmy. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. Engineering by Will Beckton. Additional production support by Mars Melnick. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. 18 Team Coco production in association with Earwolf.